This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here, along with Carter. Thank you for joining us for this Clemson versus Syracuse preview episode. Of course, as probably everyone knows by now, Clemson's last loss in the regular season came at the hands of the Orange. Oh no! Is there a, le- a less intimidating mascot name than the Orange? I feel like there, there's some really goofy ones out there, but... Prove me wrong. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I'll let you know throughout the All right, I'll keep see thinking, if I find someone. Keep thinking about it. Uh, sorry to bring that game up for everyone, though. That was that was fun. Uh, we're a little better now, though, so that's okay. There is something that I'm fired up about, though, and it's because people are not taking the Tigers as seriously as they should be. Do you know what I'm about to say here? Do you get that feeling? Uh, I saw the point spread, and it's outrageous. It's currently at 45 points. Why only, is it outrageous? Only 45? <laughs> exactly. It's only 45 points. Are you kidding me right now? 73 to 7. That was the last game. All right? Do better, Vegas. Do better. That's all I'm saying. We need some respect around here. Maybe they were listening to Tony Elliott this week because here's what he had to say about the Syracuse defense. Defensively, uh, they, they do a lot of stuff that, that cause you problems. They could easily uh, embarrass you. If you're not, if you're not focused, they jump in and out of structure. Uh, they attack you uh, on defense. Really, Tony, really? They could embarrass us. <laughs> I feel like we do this with every single it's game. It's right? every <laughs> freaking week. And I know why they do this. Okay, listen, they, they always pump up these teams because if they lose to them, by some miracle, then they can go back and say, listen, we warned you about how these teams could be good and how they could beat us. And I mean, to be fair, Syracuse did beat Clemson two years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. What was the last time Clemson lost? I forget. I think it was 2017. Uh, so I don't know. It's just funny to me. Every time, every dang time we hear these coaches they're just like oh yeah they're really good they can embarrass us you know any team could beat us and on any given week actually i'm, I'm getting ahead here because this sounds like a, a worthless piece of sound that should be included in the collection this week that or you mean you think i could get tony elliott on in my uh, coach's corner maybe we'll find out we'll have to you'll have to I'll come get, back for the i'll ask the tough questions all right well we'll have to come back for the recap episode to find that out In this episode, that is loaded, by the way. It's just chock full of good stuff for you. I'm excited because Anna Hickey from Clemson 24-7 is going to join us, and she is going to give us a proper preview of the Syracuse game this weekend. You may not like us. You may not like the way that we preview the game, but you're going to like Anna because she does a good job of previewing the game. So stick around for that. I got two words for you real quick. Yes. Stanford trees. (laughs) Wait, is that continue on? Is that really their their mascot's a tree with a smiley face on no, it? No, but they're, they're the Stanford Cardinal. But their mascot's a tree. <laughs> continue okay. on. I didn't ask about the. Well, I would still take you with an orange. <laughs> I'm just throwing out stupid ones. You could have a tree or an orange. I'm still picking the orange as the I'll least take an orange tree. thank you for that okay so after anna see this is exactly what people don't come here for you should stick around for anna because (laughs) what we say is stupid after that interview speaking of stupid 
uh, our board director, Trevor, has a new version of what we just uh, talked about, the Worthless Sound Collection for the week, where we compile all the crap in the sewage and the sludge that coaches and players say. They just vomit out worthless <laughs> sentences. And I don't blame them. Again, they get in front of, they have to talk for 10 to 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And we don't expect everything to be valuable, but there's a lot of cliches out there and it makes it funny. So we're going to, we compile all that Trevor did that is, and he'll play that for us after we talk to Anna Hickey. And then after the Worthless Sound Collection, we will be visited by Becky, who has, will lead us in a new game of Clemps In and Clemps Out to send us out to the weekend on a proper note. Are you looking forward to this, Carter? I sure am. Are you still looking for more mascots? I can tell you're not really into this opening right now. Tulane Green Wave. (laughs) Again, I'm still taking the orange. (laughs) All right. Keep trying. All right. While Carter looks for that, let's go ahead and listen to the interview with Anna Hickey. Super grateful that Anna Hickey has taken the time to join us today. Anna is a reporter from Clemson 24-7 and does an excellent job covering all things Clemson football and recruiting, and I'm very excited to hear her insights today. Uh, For everyone who's listening, be sure to follow Anna on Twitter at AnnaH247. Anna, how's it going today? Hey, what's up? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, we're looking forward to this game on Saturday. And uh, my, my first question for you is, and I've heard that I've heard reporters say this, that um, I, the fans don't really love the noon kickoffs, the early kickoffs. But uh, I think the reporters do because you have deadlines and it makes it easier to get stuff in on Saturday. Right. Well, I don't, you know, obviously everything I do is online and you can publish live. I publish my own work. So I'm not a, a newspaper in terms of working under a deadline. But absolutely in regards to liking a new kick um first of all it gives you a chance to kind of watch the night games and normally they're a little bit more marquee than the earlier games like last week with clemson having an early kick versus georgia tech i was able to watch uh, alabama and georgia and that was awesome um and then just it kind of just throws off your whole clock you know clemson <laughs> eight o'clock game the game's not over much before midnight and you have to wait for the coaches to shower, come back and talk to the media, same with the players. And then you write up your article. I mean, you're not out of the press. We're not out of the press box normally much before 1.30 a.m., 2, 2 a.m. So, um, and then you just wake up the next morning and kind of got to start all over again with right. analysis and updates from the game. So you just kind of start your week off <laughs> on, a pretty, uh, <laughs> on, a, on a tired note. But um yeah, these noon games help you keep you more on schedule. Yeah, well, have you ever suggested to them, like last week when the game was over at halftime, that they just do the interviews at halftime instead? <laughs> oh, I mean at Georgia Tech? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with those games, uh, the, the nice thing about the blowout, though, is that you can kind of start writing at halftime. I mean, I like to watch some of the second half, see how the, some of the backups play. But, yeah. you know, you kind of have one eye on that, one eye on what you're writing. So that, you know, once it's once it's over, you publish and um kind of get things ready for interviews and, and it, it does cut down on some of your post-work uh, time yeah. in the press box. Absolutely. Well, something tells me that this week might be uh, kind of a similar game. So let's just start it off uh, with this question. Does Syracuse have any chance at all to upset, upset Clemson this weekend? Um, I mean, no is short answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how the game is played. So yeah, there is a, there's always going to be a chance, but 
you know, unless Clemson's entire half their roster is wiped out with COVID, I just don't see a realistic <laughs> chance of it happening. Um, I mean, you know, one of my buddies went to Syracuse, he actually played there and we we're talking today about the line. I think it's like 46, which is just, it just doesn't even make sense saying that out loud. I mean, it's kind of low, the isn't it? Under. That's the line. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know how you touch that, honestly. But he's like, yeah, I think we're the worst power five team right now. I was like, probably belongs to Kansas. But I mean, I get where he's coming from. Um, it's never Syracuse a good thing should... when you're arguing with Kansas about where. Right. You know, exactly. the ranking. Yeah. Especially this year. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, Davo, I don't know if you listen to his press conferences, but each week he goes to pretty great lengths to compliment the other team, the other program, the coaching staff kind of yeah. goes over each of their position groups. And, you know, this week he really had to reach. And <laughs> yeah, I remember saying something like defensively, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, okay. Is that, is that, is that how you're Very it? insightful. Like, yeah. And then he goes right into just saying like, um, we have a lot of respect this team, for this team. We know firsthand that Syracuse can beat you, you know, just automatically on the defensive, like, you know, we're not taking them lightly because they're really just especially defensively and um, with their offensive line and, and issues they had a quarterback. And it's just, it's kind of, Syracuse just hasn't been any good this year. Um, and, and Dabo pointed out, you know, they've been in some close games, came back and beat Georgia Tech, yada, yada, yada. But, <laughs> Oh, they came back and beat Georgia Tech, the same team that Clemson beat by 66 points last week. Yes. So I would be surprised if Trevor Lawrence plays more than one series in the third quarter, similar to what we saw last week. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think my favorite thing from the, the interviews this past week was Tony Elliott saying that uh, they had to be careful because the Syracuse defense could embarrass uh, Clemson with yeah. turnovers and things. So, yes, That's there- one of Tony's go-to lines is like, yeah, they can embarrass you real quickly. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if he uses that to his guys and then he just kind of regurgitates it to us, but that's not the first time we've heard Tony say that. Yeah, it, it, we call it coach speak around here. There's just a yeah, lot of yeah. use, useless things that are said uh, during press conferences. But um, anyways, yeah, so do you, uh, my question would be is, so last week, Georgia Tech tried to, um, it seems, stop the run. And uh, that didn't work out very well for them. So what's more likely this week? And it really depends, I guess, on what Syracuse does, or maybe it doesn't. But uh, will Trevor Lawrence throw for 400 yards or will Travis Etienne rack up 200 rushing yards? Which one is more likely? Hmm, good question. Um, I would I would, I would, lean more towards uh, Trevor throwing 400 yards again. Um, that would be, I was kind of looking up some of the records today. That would be the first time in Clemson history that a quarterback would throw for consecutive 400 yard games. Um, But yeah, I do think that's probably more likely just because of the rotation that Clemson has at running back um, and the way they've been using Travis. So maybe if you said all purpose yards, I might be more inclined to kind of weigh that more, that weigh that debate a little bit more, but you know, they've been getting in the ball at the backfield on screens and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, like you said, we've seen teams kind of load the box and focus on the run first and try to make Clemson's perimeter receivers be that way. And so far, some teams have had success that way. I mean, Clemson hasn't been lights out running between the tackles, but it hasn't really mattered thus far um, just because of the way they've been getting their playmakers and the ball in space. So, sure. um, yeah, I think Travis needs. <laughs> Don't quote me on this, but I think it's under 130 yards, like 128, yeah. 129. I think it's 128. The 128, yeah, 
to become the uh, ACC all-time leader. Um, so, you know, that, that would be kind of what I have my eye on this week is if he reaches that. Well, we're kind of hoping he does uh, here on the podcast. We've been talking about records most of the, most of the time, cause there haven't been any close games to discuss. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence's, uh, his, his pass or his, uh, passes without interceptions went away. So now we're focused on Travis Etienne breaking that record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So a couple of my uh, question marks, I guess, so far this season is, and you mentioned it. I don't, I don't feel like Clemson has really um, done a great job of running um, with ETN or you know feeding him the ball and allowing him to just churn up those yards. He, he's had a lot of, or he's had several explosive plays and those sort of things. But like you said, they haven't been great running the ball necessarily. And then my other question mark um, is, besides Amari Rogers, there don't. Uh, there don't seem to be any other receivers who have really taken who have taken the next step to um, add another dynamic to this offense. So do you think that, you know, what's going on with Frank Ladson, Joseph Ngata, uh, is EJ Williams the answer? Like, who's the next receiver who's going to uh, show up and really become a playmaker for this team? So I wouldn't say there hasn't been a receiver that hasn't taken the next step to be able to contribute. But I, I do see where you're coming at. Um coming from you know it, it does seem like Amari's kind of been that go-to guy so far I just think you know it, I think it's a um, too early to kind of reach a verdict on this um, especially with Ngata being out with injury um, and there's no use in playing him right now if he's not fully healthy and, and yeah. said this week that he's had his best week of practice this week in terms of being able to go full go um, so maybe we see more of him on Saturday, but until he's kind of back in the fold. And then I also give Frank Lanson a little bit of a pass right now. He's got, he's a sophomore. He's it's the first time he's in that starting role, that marquee role, um, that downfield guy in the perimeter that Clemson really needs to step up. And, you know, if it would be one thing if he wasn't being able to create separation or if he was, didn't, wasn't showing the ability that he had in high school that we all thought he would have. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah. It's just coming down with some of those plays, and, you know, like the, the play that uh, last week against Georgia Tech when Clemson went deep right out of the gate over the middle and he couldn't come down with it. You know, those are the plays that he's got to make. And he yeah. and Trevor have to make, I should say. Um, and, you know, they both talked this week. Well, Trevor talked this week and then Dabo did too. And a little bit of Tony, just the repetition is so important. And those two just getting on the same page and that's going to come through practice um, and giving them him more opportunities for those plays. And, and Tra Trevor said this week that they repped more of that after practice with the wide receivers, just working on that timing, working on that chemistry. They didn't have that, you know, like a full regular off season. Um, so I think that'll come. And the good thing for Clemson is that there is time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you have time to get to where he needs to be. I mean, I, maybe against Notre Dame, but even more so for the postseason. So, um, I, mean, I think you've got to like what they've done with the tight ends. That's giving you giving you an, another element, especially with Davis Allen um, emergence, and then you know Brandon Galloway. Obviously, it's done some nice things too. Um, EJ Williams is is getting more and more comfortable with the playbook and the speed of the game. He's got to add more strength, I think. And he talked about this week a little more upper body weight until he can kind of become that alpha receiver and he knows that but I do think you'll see him as the season progresses be more of a contributor um Cornell Powell had his best game on Saturday this is full disclaimer this is not me saying that Cornell Powell is going to emerge into a game changer <laughs> you know I'm ju I just think that until I, I do think you're right I think we need to see Ngata and Ladson step up to the plate if Clemson's going to win it all it's just 
hard to kind of nail that down right now because it, it doesn't seem pressing in terms of time. So they've got time. Yeah. And then, and then I was, your other question was about running backs, right? Or running. Yeah. Backs yeah. Ball. Yeah. So I think um, it's kind of the same, same thing, right? Like when you're, everything you're talking about with Clemson's offense right now is nitpicking because <laughs> yeah. they've been so efficient and pretty explosive. So, um, and they don't even play in the Clemson? second half. So it makes it tough. Right, I feel like exactly, to get in a, exactly, you know, a real yeah. consistent rhythm. But if you're a Clemson fan, a Clemson media member, you've been in the playoff. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty much an every year thing at this point. And so your mind automatically wanders to the postseason and say, okay, so what do they need to match up against Ohio State? What do they need to match up against Alabama? And so I think it's just natural for us at this point to nitpick and, and kind of pick those areas of maybe that are vulnerable or that need to continue developing. And yeah, I, I totally agree that running the ball is one of them. Um, you look offensive line, obviously four new starters. Still think part of it is them gelling together and, and, and They've been really good so far with pass protection, but you know I just don't know what their ceiling is this season in terms of being able to just reset the line of scrimmage, pushing people back, opening up these giant holes for Travis to run through. I mean, a lot of what we've seen from Travis so far, like I've said, is, is catching the ball, and then him just making these plays when he should have been tackled in the backfield or should have been tackled, stuffed at the line of scrimmage, and somehow he finds his way out of it. Um, so you know I think it would be highlighted a lot more Clemson's efficiency in that area if. Etn wasn't on the roster because he can just turn a play that should not be a play into something that's just leaving you shaking your head. So, um, but yeah, I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Um, is, is is Clemson able to kind of bully people a little bit more up front and, and open up a little bit more space for Travis to kind of keep those defenses honest? Yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, let's nitpick a little bit more then. And we just talked about the offense, but uh, looking forward, th- the way that I'm viewing this season so far, I, I don't know if you view it the same way, at least besides the Notre Dame game, I, I just feel like all these games are tune-up games. They just, <laughs> no one's really going to challenge Clemson at this point. The only team that's going to beat Clemson is Clemson. So um, what on the defensive side, what do they need to tune up? What do they need to tighten up before as we look ahead to the playoff when they may have to play in Ohio State or in Alabama or something or some team like that? Uh, what do they need to clean up? Because my question, you know, questions coming to the season were this was the secondary and they've they've shown out so far this season, this season. They've been great. And the whole defense really has. But in your mind, what's something that they need to improve on on defense uh, as the season progresses? I think it's, again, and I hate saying this again, but I still think that it's just a matter of what we don't know yet. Like the defensive line has played good so far. We've obviously seen one, the two freshman five stars, Brian Rizay and Miles Murphy are capable of. And then you have KJ Henry and Justin Maskell stepping up. Um, you have Tyler Davis back in the mix. Xavier Thomas is coming along. So you like the depth that you have up there, especially, you know, and then obviously Jordan Williams, Miles Pinkney. So, but are they capable of going against a Notre Dame type offensive line and having that same success? That's what I'm really interested in is um, when they do face an offensive line, that's kind of ballyhooed as one of the best in the country. Do we see that they have indeed taken those steps that they needed to take from last season? Cause that was obviously um, one of the weaker spots on the defense last year, the secondary kind of carried them and, 
So, and I think if Clemson's going to beat in Alabama this year, um, they're, I don't know necessarily about Ohio State because we haven't seen them play, but definitely Alabama, their speed and their talent at wide receivers out of this world. Um, so I think it's it's not just about saying, okay, well, I hope Andrew Booth and Darian Kendrick can hold up and cover it on the outside. That's definitely part of it. But as we saw against Georgia, another huge part of it is getting pressure to the quarterback and not letting him have all day to stand in the pocket and make those plays. And while Georgia did penetrate the pocket, they weren't able to get him on the ground. Um, yeah. He's a tough guy. He's a good pocket passer. And you give him any bit of time, he's going to – He's going to trust his receivers to make those plays and he's going to put those balls up, the ball up in the air. And more times than not, you know, they've shown Waddle and Smith have shown that they can come down with it. So, um, you know, it, it, even with these wide receivers kind of changing the way we talk about these super teams. Um, and we, it seems like we're talking more about the strengths and what teams have at wide receiver almost than we do at defensive line. I still think if Clemson's going to have, a chance of slowing Alabama down because I mean, Georgia's one of the best off defenses in the country and they still let 41 points <laughs> yeah. get scored. So if, if Clemson's going to be better at that, I think, and, if, and I definitely think they could be because they have revenables. So you never, and they, they would have time obviously before facing Alabama. So you never know what he could dial up, but I just think that defensive line is going to have to generate pressure, get to the quarterback, just that front four. Sure. Yeah, and I guess we'll find out here in a couple of weeks when they take on Notre Dame. Um, I think that, thankfully, there is at least one team on the schedule that um, is ranked, what are they, third right now, Notre Dame is. So uh, at least there is a team that should challenge Clemson to some degree. Okay, just a couple more questions for you here. Um, You know, we talked about how Dabo Sweeney and the coaching staff always does an amazing job of somehow propping up the next opponent like they are the best team that they've ever played. And I think part of that is to just I don't try to keep the guys in the zone, keep them focused on this week. Um, how else are they trying to keep the team engaged? Are there are there any ways that the coaching staff is trying to keep their their guys uh, interested and engaged on a team like Syracuse or uh, what do they play Boston College next week? Yeah, by playing a bunch of guys. I mean, especially you know you, you see against Georgia Tech and they didn't weren't able to bring their whole roster because it was just their travel roster, but they played pretty much everybody. And that's a huge incentive to yeah. stay focused. And then you have competition at some spots. I mean, you have guys like Andrew Booth, Mario Goodrich, Sheridan Jones, that even DK at corner, like they're all listed as co-starters and they know that kind of their playing time and the amount of snaps they have depends on, depends on how they perform in practice. So that's, you know, I think that is a huge driving factor. And then, um, as these freshmen develop and get more comfortable in the game with the game plan and the playbook, you know, that I think that has veterans kind of like, they're like, Hey, if I don't keep this up, you know, I've got someone nipping at my heels a little bit. And then I just think it's the sounds cliche, but it's just the, that Clemson plays to a standard. And, yeah. you know, that, that's not just coach speak. That's something that they reiterate <laughs> to their players every single week. And not only that, but you have leadership guys like Jamie Skowski, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, just guys that it doesn't matter who they play or what the opponent is. They're just always trying to get better, always trying to play to a standard. And when you have that type of culture and type of leadership coming from the locker room, those younger guys take notice. And I I just think at this point, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a machine. And I'm not saying that they can't have a lapse or they can't, 
maybe take one opponent a little bit lightly. But I think overall, the program just does a tremendous job to uh, of playing to a standard and not necessarily looking across the line of scrimmage and seeing that Syracuse has what one and four this year. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem like they come out every game uh, definitely with their with their hair on fire to some degree. Okay, last question for you, and uh, this is the most important question. Um, it seems that Trevor Lawrence is growing a bit of a mustache. Uh, <laughs> is that true? Have have we have we gotten like into his thought process behind that? And, and in in your opinion, is that a good decision? Is that a good look for him? So I mean, I've noticed that interviews we're not obviously seeing him in person, so it's a little bit harder. You like wonder if you're looking at your computer screen and you're seeing like shadow, but and we hadn't talked about it to him with the media, but I think I saw on Twitter this week that um, WCCP asked him about it and or asked maybe they asked Amari Rogers about it, and I think Amari was like, "Yeah, he is throwing a mustache." So that's about the extent of it of that I know. Okay, um, well, I guess our- no, no shave November is coming up, so maybe that has something to do with it, but. Um, <laughs> I would not be surprised if Trevor, now that the idea was kind of floated out there, if Trevor is actually asked about that in like a formal media setting this week. Okay, good. Well, we, I'll, I'll be listening to it. So I hope that yeah. you're the one asking the question. We, we, I don't know about that. Okay. We need somebody to find out, get to the bottom of this, because uh, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of it. I think he, he's he got enough. Uh, I, w- I don't want the focus taken away from his beautiful hair. So uh, hair, yeah. any distraction. But hey, I think I think if you're a Clemson fan, you let Trevor Lawrence do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't question that. I don't question the master. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do you have a prediction for this game? I hate to send you out on a stupid question like that. So, so what's your prediction for this game? Um, I do not have a score prediction yet. I haven't thought that far. Um, I don't put a ton of, ton of thought into my score predictions just because you never know with garbage time sure. and all that good stuff. But I will say that I'm not going to would would advise against touching the 46 points, okay. but I think the over <laughs> might be a good play. I think it's, what is it? Last I saw it at 61 and a half, 62, maybe. Um, that's, I'd be more inclined to go that route. I mean, I do think Clemson will win handily. I just don't know if it'll be 46 points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope it is. Either way, uh, they're bound to win. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for joining us again, Anna. Uh, to all our listeners, be sure to go check out her work at Clemson 24-7. And be sure to follow her on Twitter at Anna H247. Thanks for joining us today, Anna. Yeah, thanks for having me. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, you too. All right, before we get to Trevor's worthless sound collection and Clemps in or Clemps out, let's take a quick 30-second break to hear from our sponsor, Anchor Podcasts. Okay, let's move into the segment that has literally become the highlight of this show. I think... You might be wrong on that. The best part of this show is right here where I give you useless information as the University of California, Santa Cruz mascot is Sammy, Sammy, the banana slug. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy, the banana slug. Uh, I need to see a picture of this and we need to tweet that out. What division are they? Do you know? I'm trying to find that out right now. Okay, please do that. Trevor, let me in on a little secret here that both you and I, Carter, make an appearance in this week's Worthless Sound Collection. Oh, we knew that was coming already. Come on. I guess that's not a surprise. I haven't forgotten last week. (laughs) You won't let me forget last week. Unfortunately, no one forgot last week. I wish we could, but we did not. So, Trevor, why don't you go ahead and play that for us right now? 
Oh, Canada. Man, he just misses home. He misses his girlfriend. He don't really like school. We're going to have to come out. We're going to have to hit him, and we've got to keep on hitting him. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. That gummit. Get a windshield mentality. For us, it's always a windshield mentality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've added a lot of tools to my, my tool belt. If I screw up on this play, we're gonna lose every other game the rest of the year. Okay, 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 okay. What 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 type of what type of putting all their eggs in the stop the run basket? That is your secret sauce. We got the cake out of the oven. Kate's bait. I asked him what his favorite icing is because that's really all we're doing with him is just kind of putting the icing on. Jimmy Greenbean's looking over your shoulder all the time. No, it's like making donuts, man. It's just same thing every day, every day, every day, every day. You know what I'm saying? We, we got more detailed in our preparation. I wasn't even paying attention to BT. Little boy's going out for recess. Uh, he's a technician. Sometimes they throw it to you, sometimes they don't. You know, every game is the biggest game. They do a lot of stuff. Dominant physical specimen. I keep my body very nice. He's got a great leg. He's thick. He's got a, a live body. He's got a wide body guy. Blood's thicker in the water, they say. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. You know, the Germans called it Blitzkrieg or Lightning War. Uh, we called it shock and awe back in the Gulf War. You know, jacking around at the water cooler. PBUs, tackles, TFLs. Do what you do. Question person. Just take it day by day. You know, each game is going to be different. It's going to be going to be a game in itself. You look like a big old granddaddy long leg running down the field. Wrapping the squeeze in. Don't lose to Clemson. Trevor's got, you know, long hair and Sean's got short hair. He, he can sling it. We control what we control. Hat on a hat. You got Sean go. He's not, you know, too cool for school. He just doesn't know what he doesn't know. I love being able to just run around. Knees and elbows flying all over the field. Like somebody's holding you down underwater and trying to drown you. Nice to meet you. You'll make the layups. Clam type thing. So, yeah. <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. This gets me every time. And there always seems to be a theme. I don't under it must be in the coaches meetings that they get together and say, hey, guys, let's really emphasize these uh, analogies this week. So the running theme seemed to be food and fat jokes, it seems, <laughs> uh, except for Trenton Simpson, who, of course, said he's going to keep his body nice. That's right. That's right. But of course, we had uh, I think my favorite was definitely the uh, the cake analogy. And, oh man, what was the other one? Uh, the secret sauce. Yep. That's your secret sauce. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you. Worthless, as always. Do you have a favorite in there? No, but I got another mascot for mm. you. Uh, of course you do. Another University of California. This is, I'm pretty sure this is UC Irvin. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, Peter the Anteater. <laughs> it's um, a rather weird picture. Wait, what was the other one? The Banana Man? Um, that was Sammy the Banana Slug. <laughs> find out what's the orange's name. It's a continue on, I'll find it. Tropicana? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, while you're looking for that, let's go ahead and move on to Clemps in and Clemps out. Time for Briley and Carter to answer the important questions surrounding the Clemson Tigers in a little game we like to call Clems in or Clems out. Auto the orange. Oh, thank you. Okay. Wow, we are so informed here. Very Talking informed. about division three, four, five, and six. I don't all these terrible teams. How about Scottsdale Community College in Arizona? Already the artichoke. <laughs> okay, you've proven your point that 
Otto the Orange is not the worst mascot in the country. They may be Division One though, the worst. Okay, Becky, what is the first in and out question that you have for us today? Next question. In or out, will Travis Etienne break the record for the most rushing yards in ACC history this week? Okay, this was probably the most fired up I've ever seen Carter. He really doesn't like this question for some reason. <laughs> this, of course, coming from the guy who really, really loved the questions about Trevor Lawrence, if he would throw an interception over the last, how long has the season been going on? Six weeks? We've asked that question six weeks. You don't like this question, though, and guess huh? what? He didn't, he let us down and he threw an interception. Mm-hmm. Even way, though the whole time you said that he wasn't going to throw an interception. Yeah, he let us down for the rest of the season. So the only way for ETN not to break this record is that he will break his leg in this next game. <laughs> So I don't, this is awful. Way to take it to a dark place. (laughs) No, the question is, will he break it this week? Uh, This has been a point of emphasis for me for the last couple of weeks, and they didn't necessarily show it last week against Georgia Tech, even though it's hard to complain about a game where you win 73-7, but Travis Etienne did not have a huge rushing game. And so I I want to continue to see that grow for him to be hitting 100 yards every game, not just receiving the ball, which is great, obviously, but I want to see him ground and pound. That sounds like a uh, that also should belong in next week's Worthless Sound collection. Uh, But they need to get this run game going because in the future, when they play better teams, when they hit the college football playoff, that's when they need to grind out some yards and they need to eat up some clock. That's what we need to see. So that being said, I'm going to be Clemps in that he is going to get, by the way, he needs 128 yards to break the record this week. I do believe he will get that and he will become the mo- the record holder for the <laughs> ACC rushing yards. That took a while to get out. All right, you're up. Yeah, uh, I'll be Clemson as well. I think I think this is going to be a very rush or run the ball heavy game. They've They've gone away from the run game a decent amount, so... I think they're going to try and get back to the run game this week so that he's going to break the record this week as well. Okay, Becky, what's the next question you have for us? Next question. In or out, does the ACC have a chance to slot two teams in the college football playoff? Now that is a good football question right there. Oh, another question that Carter very much dislikes. (laughs) How many people actually think that there's going to be two ACC teams in the playoff? I don't know. That's why we're asking this question. I take it that you are not a believer in this. No, I mean, you? (laughs) No, I'm going to be clumps out, obviously, but this is just to get the conversation started. Okay, all right, well, let's let's talk about it. We're here. We're having a first date with the ACC conference, okay? And this is just a conversation starter. We'll find out if our relationship will last with the ACC because they want to know if... Uh, we we believe that they can get two teams into the playoff, and this is very important to them. So, start the conversation, will they? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll name off teams. Miami. Nope. <laughs> North Carolina. Nope. Virginia Tech. Nope. Notre Dame. Nope. Wake Forest. Done. All right, what's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're both clumps out on that. I mean, um, I, I mean face it. North Carolina just lost to a horrible Florida State team. They were getting blown out. Now, granted, they did come back, but... They still lost. Yeah, but I mean, the only counterpoint that I would have to say to that is uh, I don't think the Big 12, I don't think is going to be in the college football playoff at this point. None of their teams look playoff ready by any means. So it's sort of a wait and see 
uh, time, and we'll talk about this here in a second, I think. But when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 come, I mean, Ohio State is good, but from the Pac-12, I mean, Oregon has a lot of players who have opted out. We don't know if they're going to be good. USC, meh, all the time. So, I mean, the, I think the idea behind this is that there's there may actually be an extra spot up, up for grab. And Notre Dame, I don't know. I mean, I think even if Notre Dame plays Clemson close but loses in the regular season and they meet in the ACC championship, and if by some crazy miracle they beat Clemson in the ACC championship, then absolutely you have that scenario where both of those teams most, like, most likely make the college football playoff. Yeah, like, like you said, it does lead into our next question. It, I think this question obviously is based off of what the other, other conferences do. I don't think we, you have to look at it that way because I think if there's, like you said, there's going to be open slot most likely for uh, a second team from a conference to get in. I don't think the ACC is first on that list. I would imagine, I mean, you have the SEC. Like, I, <laughs> SEC has multiple teams that can probably get in. You got Alabama, Florida. Georgia, uh, then you've got the Big South Ten. South Carolina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you have the Big Ten as well. Like, There's going to be probably at least two or three teams that are going to be pretty good from the, the Big Ten. So I don't think the ACC is first on the list to get a second team in. All right. The ACC has officially broken up with us. Okay. Divorced. Well, first date. Let's still be we friends, didn't get that right? Far. <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> All right, Becky, we've alluded to your final question, but go ahead and give that to us now. Next question. In or out, is there a team from the Big Ten or Pac-12 that poses a threat to the Tigers? Short answer to, the, to this question is I'm Clemson in to this. Ohio State absolutely poses a threat to the Tigers. And this is funny to see the saga. Uh, Ohio State seems to be somewhat obsessed with Clemson. These days, uh, I saw that they had posted in their locker room or somewhere around the facilities. They, they actually had posted, apparently, all summer the score of the Fiesta Bowl game where Clemson Ouch. beat them. And uh, they might as well have posted the 31 to zip shellacking that they also received in the in the playoff a couple of years ago as well. Uh, but Ohio State seems to be obsessed with being where Clemson is and beating them, which is great. I love that because that obviously is going to lead to hurt feelings when Clemson kicks their butt yet again. <laughs> All, I, I'm being a little facetious here because Ohio State is good. I think they're going to be good and um, I think they're good enough to be the top team in the country or at least in consideration for that. And so I'm Clemson to this. I don't know if the Pac-12 has any teams that are going to be that way, but certainly Ohio State poses a threat to the Tigers. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I hate to say it, but yes, Ohio State poses a threat to uh, Clemson. I don't, honestly, I don't think from the Pac-12 there's going to be any, <laughs> any threat at all. In fact, I could see it where the Pac-12 doesn't get a team in the playoff either, so... That Im could open up another slot even. Imagine, I was gonna. I was about to say, imagine this scenario with me, that the Pac-12 doesn't get a team and the Big 12 doesn't get a team. Then I might change my answer to the previous question. No, can't do it. Okay. But I, I mean, as of right now, from you. Yeah, as of right now, I mean, the Pac-12 only has two teams ranked. And USC, I think, is barely even ranked, if they even are. Well, they haven't proven much over the last couple of seasons, so... I thought you could say they haven't proven much this season so far. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that would have been a much better <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, but like, 
I mean, although you, although they're all undefeated right now. There so. you go. See, was that too late for that? Yeah, I think <laughs> I missed my chance. You're stretching. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? But I mean, even like you said, like the Pac-12. I think the only threat you can actually see right now is Oregon. But let's face it, like they just lost their starting quarterback, and they've had a lot of players opt out. So, like as of right now, I don't see a threat from the Pac-12. But they're obviously Ohio State is definitely a threat to Clemson. All right, so that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thanks for being here with us. I want to encourage you to be back on Monday for for our all-encompassing recap episode. After this game this week, we will watch it. We will give you the top plays, the top takeaways, and maybe, like we did last week, we will have a special guest on like Coach Dabo Sweeney, like we did last week. That was fun, wasn't it? I'm texting with him. I'm seeing if he's free. Okay, all right. Uh, That way we can get get his honest opinion on Otto the Orange this week. That's right. Also, just so people don't get confused, this game is at twelve is at noon again on Saturday, but it's not on ABC this week. Oh, it's on the ABC Network. Wow. Well, we may have to edit uh, Jeff with the G, his sound that he gave us last week. So it's on the ACC Network. Right? I'm thinking these stations are realizing let's not put let's not televise yeah. these games. Yes, unfortunately, Clemson has shot itself in the foot here by <laughs> crushing their opponents. It's not compelling. (laughs) The views just are going down. Unfortunately. So, okay. All to say, we'll be there. We'll be watching. You'll be watching. Be back on Monday for that recap episode. Until then, be good out there. Good bamboo.